0: Hey everybody, this is Townsend. Thank you so much for tuning in. As a lot of you know, these conversations began as joined live streams that turned into podcasts to help reach more people and spread more hope. Thank you so much for your patience with the quality of sound as we figure out the best way to bring you these important chats, just in hopes of spreading more love and positivity. I hope you enjoy. Uh, One, how are you? You feeling Good.
1: I'm doing well. I'm okay.
0: Very good. Have you ever done one of these before? No, I have not. Well, welcome. Okay, so I started doing these because I just think it's kind of fun to get on here. I've started doing once a month, having just different topics, hopping on here and discussing them with people. And I decided Mm -hmm. you were somebody I for sure wanted to chit chat with and just kind of share, have other people give them the... um, ability to ask you questions and have you offer tips and strategies because I know you've been nothing but helpful for sure. So let me introduce you first. Okay. Okay. All right, guys. So for y'all that don't know, this is Wendy Blackwood. She is a licensed professional counselor, a clinical supervisor, and she's a founder of Healing Path Counseling in Conway, Arkansas. So she's got a ton of accolades. I'm just going to run through a couple of them real quick. Um, she's involved in the Arkansas Mental Health Counselors Association Board. She served as the president. She was nominated by peers and the governor to serve as the Arkansas Board of Examiners in counseling. So she's got a ton of stuff. I even skipped several things because we'll be here for like an hour if I read all of them. But, yeah, so basically she's the chat. So in lack <laughs> of more professional terms. Um, okay, so I also wanted to have you on here because I know for me, um, in 2016, a lot of people, I posted several videos about this, but I don't know how many people watched it. Um, but I know in 2016, it was like the worst time ever for me. And so several things happened. I lost my best friend among many other things. You can watch the video. I don't want to take up all your time, but it took me like a year to pick up the phone and call you for help, for counseling. What's up, Mm -hmm. Kyle? Um, And I just want people to realize it shouldn't be that hard of a phone call, you know? So it Mm -hmm. took me forever, and I wish I would have done it sooner. It was almost like, um, it's that stigma that comes along with, oh, I can fix myself, I don't need help. Mm -hmm. Just understanding that sometimes it's okay to chat with somebody that knows better, you know? Yeah. Yeah, So that's why I wanted to have you on. And to introduce you to everybody's, um, Mm -hmm. I have chatted with Wendy, shared all my deepest, darkest secrets, and truly she's been a lifesaver for me. So I wanted to have her on and just kind of beat the stigma of mental health and just letting people know it's okay to see somebody. So getting into this. Um I kind of want you to take over and chat about whatever you want to chat about. I know a ton of people have already asked me questions to give to mm-hmm. you. Um but we'll start out with kind of 2020, right? That's yeah. like Yeah. uh the um, dreaded 2020.
1: Yeah, and so 2020 is uh something that no one was prepared for. Uh there's no handbook for it. Yeah. And you know, we as a nation and a city and a world are in a collective crisis and so the problem is we're all in this crisis together but we're all separate yeah and so each of us are experiencing it in our own way and what the the difficult thing about that is all of our resources that we've used that naturally get us through difficult things have been taken away and so going out to restaurants seeing friends, hugging family members. Those things are not normal anymore. And so that's really hard for people to adjust to. We we have a ton of adjustment. And every time we get adjusted to something or we think we have something new comes along because it's not just COVID, it's also the racial unrest, it's also the political damage that's been done. It's It's all the things that are going on in life that have occurred to each individual person and family units yeah, um, and so a lot of yeah a lot of people lost you know income and and because their jobs had to shut down for covid or whatever so there's there's a lot of things that people are trying to adjust to at once and it's like being in the ocean and you you have one or two waves you can manage it but every time you go to get up from one another one hits you and so it's really causing a lot of emotional fatigue
0: yeah yeah I think that's an awesome analogy. Just the waves keep hitting. Um, So Mm -hmm. I work in healthcare during the day. uh, And I know I've told several people that are close to me, but you would think it'd be just rocking with hours. But actually I've struggled with getting hours and the couple of hours Mm -hmm. that I have gotten, you have to wear double gowns, like plastic gowns. Mm -hmm. We have to wear masks, facial goggles. So not only are you worried about the financial part, you're worried, you can't breathe for hours on end. You're worried about mm-hmm. getting COVID. You're worried about spreading it. And then, of course, music's just come to a halting stop. So mm-hmm. it kind of affected both ends of uh, my career. Your life. Yeah. So, going off of that, um, you own a counseling center, a place people can come in, and you're still seeing people uh, probably a lot through telehealth. But what do you find yes. that people? struggling with the most with 2020?
1: Well, uh, I think mostly they're, they're, there's been lots of studies going on. And so there's been a 53.5% increase in depression oh. and a 48.1% increase in anxiety. Oh, um, really. a, and so a lot of people, you know, anxiety has been something that has been on the rise in the United States for the last decade or so, um, but then of course, now we have all this other stuff going on and it has just exploded. And so if a person had anxiety issues, they got worse. If they never had them, they developed them. We are all in a state of anxiety pretty much unless you live under a rock right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're all sedated right now is what you mean by yeah. Medicaid. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Somebody, uh, a patient of mine, they're, Really good at being the bearer of bad news because they're 90 and they're just like, I
1: don't <laughs> no filter.
0: Out. Yeah. yeah. One of them said, you know, one of the things people are concerned about are everybody getting anxiety and then they'll be out of medication. Nobody can get them. And then I think in that moment I developed anxiety. So, <laughs> but yeah, I've heard all these statistics and it's just yeah. unreal. And so just like, again, for having you on here, Run up one of the things uh, it was to kind of touch on that again, the hardest decision I ever made was to go to you and to mm-hmm. reach out for help. And since then, I've been a huge advocate in reaching out for help and stopping stubborn. Like even looking yeah. back on myself, I'm kind of like, what the heck were you doing? Like, what's yeah. the point of that? And so it just, letting people realize, especially with the rise and all these numbers and statistics, it's okay to not be okay, right?
1: It is. And I think part of the thing is, for the most part, we have built-in coping strategies that help us through. Um, but then we get overwhelmed. Our system gets overwhelmed. And we the things that have worked in the past no longer work. And we don't know what to do about it. And so a lot of times we simply shut down and stay quiet about it, which actually fuels anxiety and depression
0: yeah yeah I can definitely relate to that I feel like oddly enough most people would know I feel like I'm really quiet naturally and I don't mm. want to burden anybody or anything like that so I just kind of take it on myself but I want to help everybody else and so yeah. I feel like that fueled for me like that's what made it really hard to ask for help myself like mm-hmm. admitting <laughs> that you needed yeah. help
1: Well, and I think also people delay or avoid getting help because they feel like, well, what I'm going through is not bad enough. It's almost like they compare their suffering to other people, and we can't do comparative suffering. Um, The truth is, what you're going through is the worst thing um, in that moment. And so, you know, it's like right now, I think a lot of people are um, not really giving a lot of credence to how much this is affecting children and it's really you know not being able to go to school or play sports or have play dates or whatever that is the worst thing they've ever experienced and so it is a big deal Um, and I think even as adults we tend to push aside the way we feel because we think well it's not that bad
0: yeah that's a really good that's a really good way to put it you don't even think about kids because you think how resilient they are you know Mm-hmm. But yeah, I couldn't imagine not going to school, or you know uh Taylor, my best friend is a kindergarten teacher, or was, but we talked about uh wearing masks and mm-hmm. how they're introduced to the world with masks yeah. and no smile and there's no hug, and just how detrimental mm-hmm. that might be. yeah, so it's pretty wild it's a, It's a wild time right now.
1: It is. And, you know, the the thing is, we're also, you know, I talked about depression and anxiety, but truly what we're all experiencing collectively is grief. Yeah, We are going through a lot of grief. We're grieving the normal that we used to have. We're grieving uh, holidays that are no longer experienced the same way and birthdays and Christmas. Um, There's a lot of things happening that we are having to grieve, but there's really nowhere to put it. And people aren't labeling it like that. They just know they feel empty.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a real, I actually never thought about it that way, but that's a great way to put it. So Kyle's got a question real quick before it disappears. What are some sure. practical tips you provide for those struggling with mental health or substance use issues? So let's kind of turn it a little bit from 2020. We'll come back to that. Um, mm-hmm. Do you wanna answer the question or do it at the end?
1: Um well, one substance use is is a whole different category because if it's if it's addiction, then you can't really work completely on the mental health wellness aspect of it until until the addiction has been addressed um, because unless they are sober, they cannot take in those coping strategies that we would normally teach, yeah. so that's one aspect of it um, You know, I think a lot of people do use substances to manage stress, um, and we know that there's been a heightened, um, like the liquor stores are booming right now um, because absolutely people are using it to cope. Um, Some of the most basic strategies, though, is to, you know, do the things that that you can do. Go for a walk, get sunshine, drink water, um, you know, have Zoom meetings with friends. Don't isolate Um, those are some of the basic things. And we'll get into some more specific things in a bit.
0: Yeah, very good. Yeah. So Kyle, the guy that asked that question, thanks so much Mm -hmm. for asking that. Um, I'm actually going to have him. He's going to do one of these interviews a few months from now. Mm -hmm. I think next month actually will be him, but super great guys. He's been doing some amazing things. So y'all can catch him next month as well. All right, Wendy, let's go back to 2020. Okay, so you said that you might tips or strategies for people um, like give us a few, if you had to summarize it, I know that could be like days upon days of talking to you and counseling, but if you have to summarize yeah. a few tips for coping with all of this crap. Yes. You-
1: well, the number one thing I would say is limit your exposure to media. Mm, don't, yeah. don't stay on watching the news all day or watching social media all day long. Limiting that exposure and being able to identify what you're feeling. Are you feeling frustrated? Are you feeling sad? Are you missing someone? Um, Are you angry that you're missing out? Are you depressed? Learning to label those feelings um, is really important because then we can address them. Oftentimes we don't know what to say about how we're feeling. We don't pay attention to it. Um, and, And with that being said, paying attention to your body, your body knows. Your body absolutely knows what's going on with you. And if you're feeling tension in your chest or your stomach or headaches or whatever, that's your body telling you you need something, um, not to ignore it. Um, Allowing yourself rest is a huge thing. Uh, A lot of people, especially when COVID first hit, people were on this mission to clean out every closet. And they were going to do all these millions of projects. Um, But then you burn out. And yeah. so, you know, there's just not a way to do that. So allowing yourself rest and practicing self-care, and that looks different for each person. Um, and a lot of people equate self-care with being lazy or non productive. And actually, a, a really interesting um, maladaptive coping strategy that a lot of people have, and I suffer from it, is being overproductive. Yeah. Just taking on too much yeah. and learning to step back. You know that's that's a that's a big deal. Exercise, um, going for a walk, stretching—all these things are important to use right now.
0: Yeah, I gotta. When you said being productive is self care, I gotta. <laughs> to yeah, me. I tend yeah. to do that. Like you have a day off, and you think oh, I'm just going to be productive, and you forget self care. Yeah. yeah.
1: You know, and I think most people are pretty resilient, and. Um, but I think also allowing people to assist you. I think that's a big deal. And we don't do a good job of that in our society. We want to do it
0: all. Yeah. Um, and And rarely is life a one man show. I feel like, you know, talking about the media, I feel like 2020 millennials and like my generation and below independence and like selfies and everything about you and the world revolves around you and you do it by yourself mm-hmm. and you don't need anybody. I feel like that's what's popular and that's what's blown up. And yep. so I just, like even watching my nieces who are thir- 12 and below, I just think, God, what a lonely world because yeah. they see is the reflection in a cell phone and yeah. I just can't help but think, man, like we you weren't born to live by yourself.
1: Yeah, no, we are we are hardwired to connect with other humans. Yeah, um, and and de- especially with children, when you think about it, we are developmentally wired for that. And if we don't have physical touch, we don't have social interaction, um, nurturing, loving feedback from people in our lives. We don't develop like our brains will literally not develop. So it's like back uh, like in the eighties when the children in the Ukraine were in a lot of orphanages. And they would tell the staff, don't touch them, don't hug them, they'll get needy. And they didn't develop. And they all became developmentally delayed. Wow. that's really. And so cool. we need that. And, you know, we need to normalize that we're all suffering. Um, and that it's legitimate and authentic. And it applies to this situation.
0: Yeah, man, I think that's fantastic. Very good. Seeking out help is okay. It's okay to not be okay. And I feel like it's almost my calling, along with counselors and therapists, I've become friends with several of them. It's almost my calling to help you guys spread that umbrella of, hey, it's okay. Like, mm-hmm. there's such a stigmatism and just a bad rap, you know? Y'all get such a bad rap, but it's okay. And everybody could benefit from some counseling.
1: Yeah. Well, and and the truth is, most of the time, people do pretty well on their own, but there's times when things get to a point where you just need some assistance. Sure. Yeah. You know, Um, and you know, if it can be as common as when your car is making a strange sound or a vibration, you take it in to get it looked at. um, It's not going to be there forever. Um, And most of the time, you know, our job as counselors is to work our way out of a job, you know, get, get people to a point where they can handle it on their own and then you pass them off, you know, and if they need something, they come back. And if they don't, that's great. Yeah,
0: that's a really good way to put it. Awesome. I need to get like a, a booklet and be like, okay, it's time to go in for my old <laughs> my old checkup or old yep. Wendy, <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome, very good. So with counseling and with your job, have you noticed an increase with like clientele? Have you um
1: in? yes, I mean, I've been I've been very consistently busy. Um and I I tend to see a lot of first responders and medical personnel, but, um, and also I've seen a huge increase in teachers, yeah. um, and professors, and so, you know, they are overwhelmed with all of the things being put on them as well, and, you know, I, I spoke with a, um, uh, an ER nurse yesterday, and she's like, you know, they are just overwhelmed, and they are covered up from head to toe in all kinds of gear, they're, you know, they're, they PPEs, and they are, Doing the best they can, but they're overwhelmed, and there's not enough of them. And they are busing, they are flying people out, you know, to different cities because there's no hospitals. And so um, it's an overwhelming thing for all of them. And they're doing the best they can, but they're they have limited resources as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It Mm -hmm. yeah, being in the healthcare setting, it's I don't know. You almost kind of have to separate it a little bit because it's frightening. That just the reality of it all I suppose is the best way to put it but uh-huh. just in the healthcare setting um, like I said earlier I work in healthcare during the day and hours have been um, I mean they've kind of disappeared really because hospitals have most of the patients and I work in the mm-hmm. nursing home so they're all gone So getting yeah. hours you're doubled up in gowns you're covered from head to toe sometimes two three four layers you can't breathe so, mm-hmm. and then the, several of us have been have traveled to different cities or they've flown them out at different states. They've talked about not having enough PPE, just all mm-hmm. of those stresses. And man, I just, to everybody in the healthcare or even teachers, you know, you think healthcare, man, they got it bad. But you think yeah. about everyone else, everybody's kind of in the same boat. It, yeah. But it's just a hard time right now for sure. And I feel like people are what we need. Talk yeah, about going to counseling, like you said, Zoom calls with friends. Things yeah,
1: like we we really need connection. We we yeah. have to have connection, and that could be connecting. You know, having having a a wine and wine with your friends. You know, <laughs> once once a week. Yeah. Um, it could be you know, setting up the camera so that you're having Christmas dinner together, even though you're in different states. Um, you have to change your expectations right now. Right now we're living in a lot of ambiguity, which is what people are feeling. You know, and when when twenty twenty first got going, um, you know, there was there was all the, you know, COVID hit and then we had all so much racial unrest. And, you know, there's just there's so much ambiguity about what can we do? It all feels it all feels far away and helpless.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then the, all the political stuff, like you mentioned earlier, yeah. I know has been a huge stressor for many, many people. Yeah, um, and it and it still is in some ways. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it yeah. will. And I feel mm-hmm. like even when it comes to terms and we figure out who actually is in charge, all yeah. the changes and the COVID continuing, and I feel like the stress will continue. So figuring out how to cope with it now is essential. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I think so, and I think that part of the stressors that people are feeling is they would get geared up for things to go back to normal,
0: yeah.
1: And so we, you know, there was there was all the oh well as soon as summer gets here it's going to be okay again, and then it was well by the time school gets back in session, and then it was well as soon as the election happens, yeah. Um, and so we get geared up for this normal scene, it doesn't happen, and it's a lot of letdown,
0: yeah.
1: And and that kind of chips away at our at our resiliency,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, everything you're saying I'm like oh my gosh yeah I did that I did that <laughs> yeah so speaking of the holidays coming up I know yeah. Thanksgiving was super weird for a lot of people including my yes. family. Um, we kind of tried to distance from each other a few of us got together it definitely wasn't the whole family mm-hmm. we're a very huggy family and so we're not hugging on each other and like I said just that in itself is just so strange it's a weird feeling I kind of yeah. go back and forth on what if it's your last Thanksgiving? Should you have hugged each other? And then you think, mm. well, what if I'm the reason I spread germs? Cause I hugged them. So even that, yeah. but Christmas yeah. is coming up. Thanksgiving just mm. ended. Yeah. Have any advice as far as the holidays coming up? Cause I know yeah. is it isn't like winter and Christmas. Like you've got the seasonal depression, which yeah. I know I hate the time change. Yes. So it's dark at four o'clock. Um, so it's dark. It's cold. You've got the holidays. Now we're actually all alone on the holidays, or more so than usual. Yeah. Do you feel like that will affect a lot of people this year?
1: I think it absolutely is. Um, I've had so many people come in the last week and a half saying that they're 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 depressed because of the way Thanksgiving was, wow. and how sad it was, and how they thought they were prepared, but they were not. Um, and so I think, you know, as far as like how to cope with some some holiday season resiliency during COVID is, you know, plan it out in advance. Go ahead and plan out how you're going to do your connections. Get them down pat. If you're going to do a Zoom meeting, if you're going to do some distance dinners um, where you're outside, what are you going to do? Go ahead and plan it out so that your brain knows to prepare for it. Um, you know, get some routines and rituals. You may have to have some new rituals. Um, there's, there's a lot of things that you may need that has to be modified. And so, you know, if you always decorated the tree together, but you can't be together, then decorate the trees in your own homes at the same time. Have some talks, have some, some discussions about it. Um, again, back to getting some self-care in. If you don't sleep and you don't exercise and you don't eat, you're going to fall down. You know, your, your emotions are going to really just, they're just going to deteriorate. Um, and find small ways to, to minimize the stress. Um, watching TV, watching movies that make you feel good, eating childhood foods that made you feel good, connecting with times and memories is really important because your brain has all that in store. You know, uh-huh. neuroscience tells us that your brain is malleable and it will reach in and get it and it will assess, assist you if you practice it. Checking on your neighbors. You know, doing something kind for someone else, giving to others in need, that's a big deal because that's part of our Christmas rituals sometimes. And to realize that sometimes we just need, we need to do something for someone. And then changing your expectations. It's simply not going to be the same and you need to change your expectations and so you're not so disappointed. So you can say this worked out well for
0: what it is. Yeah, absolutely. I think those are awesome. Very good. Yeah. Um, So Casey Jo asked, she said, how do you handle a friend or family member that um, is going through treatment for a life-threatening illness? Dad's going through chemo, and I want to keep him safe, but feel the need to spend time with him as well. So mm. that's what I was talking about. Yeah. And, you know, um, my family is all pretty healthy, but I still am concerned about, I want to, yeah. because uh, you, I struggle myself with, this might be the last time you see them. You need to love on them. But then also struggle with, I might be the reason they get sick. And this is, yeah, so I can't imagine someone actually being ill. So what Mm -hmm. would you, what would you say about that?
1: Well, I think it really depends on what the, the, the healthcare professionals are allowing. Um, If you're allowed to be six feet away from them and sit in the room with them, Um, if you're allowed to suit up and have gloves and, and smocks and the whole PPE thing and hold their hand, I mean, I think you've got to really lean into what they're going to allow you to do. And if not, have as much contact as you can. Can you do FaceTime? Can you do some Zoom time? Will, will the other family members or medical professionals assist in that? Um, send cards, send, send letters, um, do kind things for them. You know, take care of their dog or you know, take care of their house for them. Things that make you feel like you're contributing. And it's hard because we are so limited
0: we actually just had this conversation about grandparents yeah i think there's just such a i don't even know, a struggle i guess between you want to love on them but you're scared to love on them and yeah. the guilt of either choice that you make
1: i i think we're all really experiencing a lot of cognitive dissonance because our behavior and our beliefs aren't matching we believe we should hug and love on our family but yet we're, we we have to hold back And then we second guess that, should I have held back? And it's a lot of internal struggle that we're experiencing.
0: Yeah, that's a great way to word it. That's, I know for me, that's a big thing. Like I said earlier, my family's super huggy and touchy. And I'm not be able to do that with family and friends. And yeah, because then I start to think, well, am I in the wrong for not doing that? Am I in the right for doing, you know, all different kinds of, like you said, grief and confusion and guilt, all these feelings.
1: And, and the truth is there's not a right answer. Yeah. You know, there may be some wrong answers. There's some people that are definitely putting themselves at risk, but, but there's not a right answer. We have to do what we need to do in the moment. And man, that's hard. Yeah.
0: Okay. So here's the deal. You were supposed to come on here and give me right answers. You're supposed to have (laughs) all these and fix things. I didn't
1: get the memo on that.
0: You were supposed to heal COVID over this, so okay. I need yeah. my, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: tomorrow morning, it'll be all fixed. It'll be great.
0: Right, right exactly. We'll all feel like gold tomorrow. That'll be awesome. Yeah. So we've kind of talked about some tips and tricks. Did you have anything else you wanted to touch on?
1: Well, you know, I, I really think that there's a lot of things that we can do because we all experience a lot of anxiety and, and depression, but right now, anxiety seems to be really heightened um, as a collective country, you know, we're all going through it. Um, And so I think learning how to be grounded in the here and now is really, really important. Um, Anxiety is, you know, it's kind of, um, I hate to oversimplify it, but it's really worrying about what if something might happen or what something did happen, what was or what if. And being grounded in the present, in the here and now is really the most powerful thing you can do for yourself. And so sometimes that means, you know, just asking yourself, what do I know to be true right here in this moment? Um, I know I'm sitting in this chair. I know my feet are on the floor. I know that I'm healthy to to all my knowledge. Um, I know that I'm, you know, visiting with you and all the people that are there. Um, I know these things to be true and I know that I'm safe right this moment. And so we get to what ifing and we worry about things that may never happen. Um, You know, Mark Twain uh, had a quote. he said, uh, he said, so, so I'm going to misquote it, but it was something like, I'm an old man that's been through a lot of uh, troubling events, most that never happened.
0: Yeah. Oh, my and, God. I like that.
1: And, you know, and so the thing is, we we worry ourselves about what might happen, and we really limit our our experience of being in the here and now.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, we cheat ourselves out of the beauty of it.
0: Yeah. I actually had a really good chat with a good friend the other day talking about uh, illnesses and how once you've experienced something so traumatic, your mind kind of plays games on you. So you say that you're healed and the doctors are like, yeah, you're good. You're golden. But from that day on, it's supposed to be easier and good. And you live in the present, but your mind is, well, what if I'm still sick? Well, what if mm-hmm. something's still going or on? What if they
1: miss something? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So yeah, just kind of overanalyzing and playing tricks on yourself. So what are, I know for me, That was something that I kind of struggle with. I don't know. Are you into Enneagrams? Yes, I've done the Enneagram. Yeah. Okay. So I'm an Enneagram six, which fit me superbly. So basically (laughs) you're overprepared. You worry about everyone else. Um, And I I saw one today. It was a a meme on an Enneagram thing. And it says, check in on your Enneagram sixes. (laughs) That doesn't fit me. I don't know what. Like we love and we love hard our biggest adjectives are loyal and loving and worrying. And so mm-hmm. we worry about ourselves, but we also worry about everybody else and everything else. Yeah, it's something that I struggle with, but you and I chatted about um, some strategies to help with anxiety. And I can't remember it exactly, try to help me. It was like, name five things you smell, you mm-hmm. know, see four things you smell. What mm-hmm. was
1: that? So it's, it's the five senses. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you taste? What do you smell? What do you feel? Yeah. Um, But, you know, and there's lots of other things. You can, like, for instance, just look around your room right now and tell me five things that are red. Yeah. You know, that's a grounding thing. Uh, Naming five things that start with the letter C. Um, That really does. What happens is when we're anxious um, or we're feeling overwhelmed with emotion, the right side of our brain, that's the emotion center of the brain. The left side of the brain, that's where we problem solve, in the frontal lobe. And so what happens is when we get too much emotion going on and we get worried, excessively worried, um, and I think the whole nation is in this right now, the right side of our brain is bullying. It's not letting the problem solving happen. And so we get really fired up and that all that natural cognitive resilience we have gets thrown out the window and so sometimes we really have to practice being in the moment and grounding yourself and being very mindful doing some really good breathing getting enough oxygen to your brain so your brain can allow that other side of your of your thinking to get into the game um so that it so that it can assist us
0: yeah in that moment i know i struggle with that sometimes just what, what if but what if but what if. Yeah. my brain yeah. like, oh god freak out you know so, <laughs> Yeah. Freak, those strategies is something that simple was super helpful for me so Mm -hmm. even now several years later i'll revert back to that and just be like okay well what am i feeling what am i smelling what am i hearing things like that Mm -hmm. um so let me there's several comments one you've gotten several thank yous Mm -hmm. Uh, deline she's from georgia she says thank you so much wendy um my mom says so thankful for Wendy and the therapist out there who are there when life is hard and you just need someone to help get you through it. Such a blessing to know you're there. And I back that up as well, for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: Gretchen also from Georgia says, I am a big advocate of therapy. What is Wendy's recommendation on sharing the benefits of therapy with loved ones in a way that might make someone consider that for themselves?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that's a really great question because we don't want to overstep our boundaries and be preachy, but also we want to share. And so I think it's letting someone know um, how it has benefited you um, and that the benefits can be, you know, that it's not what they think it is. I think a lot of people think it's what they see on television, and it's really not. Uh, It's a lot
0: of... Like locked up in a white you know, jacket, coat, like tied up. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: Or, or they think it's like, you know, laying on the couch with Freud sitting next to you yeah. with his pad and pen. Um.
0: <laughs> I honestly, I honestly want not to interrupt you. When I came in, you didn't have a piece of paper. You didn't have a notepad. We just hung out and in my head the whole time I thought, okay, this is nothing like what you see on TV. Cause yeah. I'm laying down, you having a notepad, And just be like, so how does that make you feel? Yeah. And go, uh huh. That make Mm -hmm. you, how does that make you feel? And, you know, but that's not it at all. And that's kind of why I have you here today. So, not to interrupt Mm -hmm. you, but go ahead.
1: Yeah. Well, and I also think it's really important to find someone that fits you. You know, you don't buy the first car you test drive. um, And so you have to try on a lot of things, go by people's recommendations. But just because that person was great for them doesn't mean that they're great for you. You have to have a connection. In, in counseling, we talk about how the, the therapeutic relationship is the most important part of the therapy. If you don't connect with someone and you don't build that relationship, you're not going to do the same level of work that you would. And so when you, when you lean into someone and say, you know what, I, I have someone that I see and they're great and here's how it helped me. And, um, you know, maybe maybe they would know someone that could help you or you could talk to them. And sometimes we have family members that are very resistant. That's okay. They're not ready yet. But if you share and you can show that it's a normal experience and it's a beneficial experience, sometimes, uh, eventually, they kind of, you know, they kind of lean into it. Um, I see a lot of first responders, and these are some pretty tough cookies. Um, but once once they get in there and they realize, wait a minute, this is, this is okay. And they feel better then you have them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of that, um, I've had several friends go to counseling. They Mm -hmm. don't really have a good rapport with their therapist and their therapist refers them to someone else. But what would you do in that situation if you went to see someone? So like for me, if I went Mm -hmm. to someone, I didn't really feel like we're connecting, but they Mm -hmm. didn't offer to refer me to someone else. How do you handle that without it being awkward or just not going back up. Or
1: well, I think it's it's good to say, you know what? I, I appreciate your time, and I appreciate you know the what what we've done together. I feel like I just need a different uh, a different approach, um, and so I'm going to seek you know some some other stuff. If you know someone, that would be great. But if not, um, I really appreciate your time, and I, I wanted to tell you in person that that you know this is this is not really a great fit for me anymore.
0: Yeah, I feel like through therapy. I don't know. um, I can't remember if it was you that told me um, or somebody else, but it was something about being your genuine self. Mm -hmm. People will come, you know, so opening up and actually Mm -hmm. being genuine, your people will show up and your people there. And so I feel like since I saw you and finally figured out kind of how to, how to navigate myself and then became such an advocate for guys, it's okay. Like you should just letting them know that it's okay. And you shouldn't be as scared as I was to jump in the water. Like the water's great. Jump in. Um, (laughs) And since then I can honestly say I have met the best people that I have ever met. And it Mm -hmm. honestly has come through you and just like the connections that we've had and the people that believe in counseling and the people that believe in me And the support like it's unreal like how Mm -hmm. it just kind of all came together and so not only did seeing you help, but what happened afterwards when you're a little bit more healed and genuine and put off Mm -hmm. this i don't know it's almost like your aura changes maybe i don't Mm -hmm. know but but what's come out of it's been amazing
1: well and I, i think you're giving me way too much credit because i simply held space with you as you as you worked your way through it um you know, I'm kind of like the GPS, but you're definitely driving. And so
0: if you know me, I suck at direction. So I <laughs> ch- thank the Lord for GPS because I would be very lost.
1: <laughs> but you know, when, when you do embrace your authentic self and you uh, get comfortable with that and you say, look, I'm okay with being me in every way, the people that you need are going to gravit it's going to be like a gravitational pull they come into your life because there's open space for it you're not closed off yeah. and when you're not closed off from all the scary stuff then you really open up for all the great stuff because yeah. we can't just shut off one emotion we can't just shut off the bad we shut off all of it which really limits our ability to be loved and connected and appreciated
0: yeah Man, that's so awesome to hear. I kind of I kind of touched on this. So I started a group um, with this. I have started um, a project called You're Not Alone. So like with these little interviews, I want people to know yes. you are not alone. You're not alone. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Your parents could have passed away. Uh, your friend could have passed away. You could have cancer. You could just have depression, whatever. So basically, whatever you have, whatever you're struggling with, um, you're not alone. And so I've started a Facebook group so that people can come together, have a little community there, chit chat. I've done mm-hmm. videos, things like that, just kind of to let people know. And again, through all of this, I have met the coolest people. So several of them have commented on here. Um, Jess says, "Thank you both for destigmatizing the therapy process." She's mm-hmm. one that met for you that has been incredibly supportive of me. Yeah. Um, have a little face says, I have the best boss. I guess be because <laughs> I definitely don't have anybody working for me. I can barely <laughs> keep myself afloat, much less workers. Uh, <laughs> Kristen says, she loved your GPS analogy. <laughs> and my mom says, truth, truth truth to, truth to all of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there has just been, so I came to you, uh, I believe it was 2017, maybe the end of 2016, but just in the best way I can describe it was I tried to fix everything myself. I pushed people away because I didn't want to be a burden on them. So that was my Enneagram six coming out. Mm
1: -hmm. I don't want to
0: burden anyone else. No one else feels this way. I'll just fix it myself. It'll be fine. Uh, Put on a smile, be funny and don't let anybody know that anything's wrong. And eventually that just kind of came boiling out of all my crevices, you know, and you told me when I came to see you that, trauma is kind of like a string and so Mm -hmm. you have a little bit of trauma and it gets one knot, you know, Mm -hmm. and then you go down and you get another knot for, and everything that happened to me just kind of made this messy bird's nest. Yeah. And I'll never forget that because you told me and it made me feel so much better. You said you never would have fixed it alone. Yeah, And that has stuck with me since then because I've just found it to be so true. I never would have fixed that by myself. Like, I can't even process all the things I went through. And I won't go into detail because that's not the point of this. But just realizing we're not meant to fix things without help or, like, isolate.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is we really often need someone to reach in and help. And you know, and not do it for you, but take the other end of the string and help you untangle it yeah. and and that's really that's really what the therapeutic process is about and not being able to do it by yourself is not a weakness or a failure in any way, shape, or form it's just you didn't have the tools, and so it's like trying to build a house without all the the tools that are needed you're only going to get so far on on your own. but if somebody comes in and they bring in you know the the appropriate saws and the you know the the nail guns and all the things that make it usable and all the lumber, then you build some great stuff together,
0: yeah, absolutely. I like that for sure it um so we got a we got about ten minutes left. Do you want to hop into these questions people gave us sure, cool, yeah. okay, so I asked people ahead of time if they had any questions to shoot them to me, I would have you answer them. Uh, I got a handful of them. Are you ready for this? I'm ready, cool, okay, so the first one says um. Someone wanted to know what inspires you daily. And I, I, I'm very curious about this as well. Cause I've told you and Jess, who's also a counselor. Mm-hmm. I, I told you this like weekly. I do not understand how you do what you do. I'm so yeah. thankful, but like, how do you, you can come to this afterwards, but how do you deal with all of this stress and worry and then go home and have your own stress and worry? just unreal so what inspires you daily what keeps you going
1: well what keeps me going um, professionally is you know I get the the blessing and the honor to be in the space with people as they go through their worst things and then come out on the other side and so I get to be in the darkest of tunnels and then ride with them all the way through till they hit the sunshine and see them grow, and see them heal, and see them, you know, them develop that that natural resilience that they had, and it change. When I see the change in them from the day they come in till till they discharge, it's amazing, and that's what makes me come to work every single day. Um, I love seeing that someone can be in that much pain or discomfort, and then be happy, and and feel like themselves, and find their true self. That's what keeps me at work every day.
0: Since you saw me first, I lost like fifteen inches of hair. Yes. That's something I lost, <laughs> along <laughs> with many other things. Okay. Um, someone also wanted to know, what made you want to be a counselor? So what was your, what was your aha moment, I guess? Wow. <sighs> Let
1: me think. Um, so I kind of always was interested in, um, in the helping field. Um, um, I guess really most people probably thought I was going to be a coach because I was an athlete. Um, and so, uh, but thanks. Whoa, I about dropped it.
0: <laughs> Are you throwing that out the window? Um, can us? you hear me?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm done with I'm it. I'm done. Um, Stop asking me questions. You know, I, I had a really difficult childhood. And so I have, I tell people I had two childhoods. I had a leave it to beaver childhood, like the Waltons with my grandparents who raised me. Mm-hmm. And then I had complete and utter chaos when I lived with my biological parent. And so um, there was no assistance. There was no one that reached out. There was no one that helped. And I definitely could have used a, a listening ear at that time. And so I think that's what kind of inspired me. Um, and then when, when I went to college, uh, you know, I just found my place
0: well, congrats on ending up being normal, kind of. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> or That's really debatable. Really well. Way to yeah. protect really well. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, man, what a, I, I can't imagine, I'm sure you have a thankless job many, many days, and I have emailed you at least 30 times to tell you thank you, but truly every day I think of, I wake up and just thank you. I don't even know how I came across your name, but I'm thankful for that happening. Um, And like you said, I don't take credit for it, but you you do. I mean, you are what helped me through. And had I not come across you and had I not made that phone call, who the heck knows where I'd be. If I didn't have my GPS, I'd probably be off in a pond somewhere, (laughs) like way lost in the woods, kind of like I was when I saw you then. So Mm. Um, thank you for that. For sure. And so for all the people that don't thank you, I'll thank you for them.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah,
0: I know. So for me, another thing, I know on New Year's, I always like to shoot you an email. Um, I don't even know if you've noticed, but there's something about New Year's Eve that is almost overwhelmingly emotional for me Mm -hmm. um, to think about how good the next year could be. Yeah. And I think you told me to start the new year fresh, like get rid of those bad emotions. This is a new year. It's time to start fresh. So there's something about every New Year's Eve that I have this overwhelming thought of you and how much you helped me through everything. So I usually send you an email. It's Mm -hmm. super long and like, uh, I'm sure like super emotional and such, but Mm -hmm. just thanking you because, because of the strategies you've given me and the help you've given me and basically just letting me, vent a little bit and hearing me out, I can look at the new year with a totally new lens as what I did in that dark place. Mm. Just to see like 2022 compared to 2016, the different lenses I see them through because of you is just like overwhelmingly amazing to me.
1: Mm. Well, I I appreciate the emails because it it helps me start my new year reminding me why I do what I do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that. All right. Somebody says, Do you have any advice on stress eating or anxiety mm-hmm. eating? So when you get worked up and you start eating a bunch of crap, do you have mm-hmm. any advice for
1: that? Well, I think it's it's doing something different and you gotta do that in small increments. And so identifying when is it that you stress eat, what are the triggers, what are the things that kind of get you in that direction, and identifying what what makes you that stressed. But then also putting something in place that if you're going to be a stress eater, put some healthy options there. Have fruit, have vegetables. Most of the time, it's, there's a certain thing. When I stress eat, I need crunchy. I yeah. am a crunchy person. Um, and so I know that if I have a lot of little baby carrots, then I, can, I can't possibly eat enough of them to hurt me. So, um, but, you know, putting something else, else in place, but also learning, okay, if I know that this stresses me out, what can I do to address it before it gets to that level? And establishing a new habit. It's you can almost do the opposites. You can't stress eat and jog at the same time. You know, maybe take a a hot shower or a bath or call a friend, do something else. And your brain is amazingly um, pliable. And it will form a new pathway if you do something enough. And you give it an opportunity to do something besides eat because that eating it's it's relieving excuse me, releasing endorphins and it's making you feel better temporarily. And then guilt sets in and then regret sets in. And so you gotta find something else that also brings you that same serotonin release.
0: Yeah. This person's gonna go shower like seventeen times a day. Yeah, we'll
1: have a new issue to deal with next Don't
0: time. Eat. <laughs> Yeah. The next time I see you, the question will be, how do you not shower so many times? Okay. The next one is, do you believe in meditation? And what would you suggest as far as helpful meditation goes?
1: Okay. Um, I do believe in meditation. There are some amazing apps. There's a Calm app. You, You can probably go to any YouTube and come up with a dozen different meditations. I really like to use very visual meditations that is paired with muscle relaxation. And so finding something that speaks to you, um, whether it's a guided meditation on your phone or whether it's something that you, you know, just do yourself, um, the, the key to it is to be consistent with it and to practice it because you're, you want to teach your brain to calm down and, and shift down in a gear so that you can relax. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think that's awesome. What do you think about yoga? You think
1: that's a good one? I think there's a lot of people that do a lot of therapeutic yoga. Yeah. Um, and stretching and getting, just being in control of your body, um, is just really important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's awesome. And,
1: and also the breathing in yoga Doing a lot of yoga breathing is really beneficial.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like mm-hmm. I said, something that's kind of meditative and we've talked about this, like sitting in a super composition and going through the strategies you gave us about 30 minutes ago, you know, what do mm-hmm. you feel? What do you smell? What do you hear? All those mm-hmm. different things that kind of grounds me. And it's almost meditation, I feel like. It is
1: meditative, yes. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, Jessica said, yes, getting to the sunshine keeps me going as well. My mom Mm -hmm. said she gave me your name and she's taking that credit. (laughs) So she's taking credit for all of this. Um, Mm -hmm. So thanks, mom. I appreciate that. She's like, you're in a dark place. Here you go. No, (laughs) that's not at all how it happened. Um, Okay, for me, I have a question for you, okay? Okay. All right, so... We talked about self-care and how your workload has just been like booming. So many people are going through all of this. Somebody said meditation yoga helped me with built up anger when I was younger. Oh yeah, Mm. I can see that for sure. Um, So for you, what does Wendy do for self-care? What do you like to do to kind of get your mind out of all this stuff?
1: Well, I'm a nature person. I love to be in nature. Um, and so I love to be, I love to hike, I love to kayak, I like to just sit on the deck and look at the lake. Um, I like to be around trees, trees are very, very healing to me. I grew up on a big farm, so I like to be outside, I'm a very wild child. I love it. Um, I like to cook, and um, and so I enjoy making up recipes and cooking and trying out new things, and I love to feed people. And that's really hard right now, because I can't be around people.
0: What are we doing on virtual, then you should have cooked to right. dinner. and we could have had this over dinner.
1: We, this is a thing we could do. COVID. Yeah.
0: All right. So we're making a date once a month. We're having this, but I'm going to be there, and you're going to feed me. And listen, You
1: you tell me what you
0: like to eat. It'll happen. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. What I'm going to do is once a month, I'm going to have these. Um, they've gotten so much awesome feedback that I'm going to start doing this. So next month I'm actually going to have Kyle Brewer who hopped on here earlier. We're going to be talking about addiction, um, with drugs and substance abuse and kind of how he turned his life around and everything. Mm-hmm. You're getting a ton of hearts. Do you see this one? I you?
1: see some hearts. Yeah. yeah
0: um, so thank you for tuning in and for getting this kind of going. So you're only my second interview, but it's oh. stellar. it's been awesome.
1: Well, good. Well, I appreciate it. And, you know, there's there's so many amazing topics that can be, you know, shared. And so, you know, when you have a a cool platform like you do that you can get out there and you can just just share with people.
0: Yeah. All right. So where can people find you? So if they thought, you know what, counseling sounds awesome. What do they Mm -hmm. need to do? How can they find you or how can they find resources to get that?
1: Well, you know, they can go to resources. There's one, you can go to the Counseling Board website, uh, the Arkansas Board of Examiners in Counseling and Marriage and Family Therapists. They have a whole list of all the therapists of the state, all of them. So if you're in northwest Arkansas or northeast Arkansas, you can find somebody in your area. With telemed right now, we can see you from anywhere. So uh, I see people from all over the place. Awesome. Um, you know, as far as me, they can go to my website, um, healingpathcounseling.com, or they can call my office and speak to Faith, and uh, and she will get them scheduled um, at 501 327 7224.
0: Awesome. Guys, if you're thinking about it, just make the call. I'm telling you right now, um, mm-hmm. pretty much everybody I've gotten to know since I made the call has been amazingly genuine and supportive, and we have all had such a positive outcome just because of chit-chatting, just letting mm-hmm. it out. You don't have to carry the burden. It's mm-hmm. A-OK to need help.
1: Um, and, and if you call and someone's not a good fit, ask them for a referral. Most of us, you know, we'll, we want you to have the best person you can have.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's awesome. That was very helpful. I hadn't even thought about that before. Thankfully, uh, we worked out pretty well together.
1: Yeah. You're OK. I'm all right.
0: (laughs) Well, very good. All right. We're going to log off here. Thank you so much for everybody that tuned in. This will be available um, on Facebook or Instagram, but it won't be live. So if you have any questions, shoot me a message. Give Wendy a call at Healing Path Counseling. Wendy, it's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Worked out. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. If you're looking to buy or sell, I have the perfect realty company for you. Clark & Co. Realty is located in the Benton, Bryant, Arkansas area, and they understand that buying or selling a home is more than just a transaction, it's a life-changing experience. That's why their team of highly seasoned real estate professionals is dedicated to providing exceptional, personalized services for all their clients. They truly take great pride in the relationships they build, and they always work relentlessly on the client's behalf to help them achieve their perfect real estate goals. They always have the client in mind, and I can speak firsthand when I say how reliable, trustworthy, and quick they were. When I was looking to buy my first home, they were there with me every step of the way, answering every question I could think of. They showed me a great amount of knowledge and patience through the process. It's no wonder they've won so many awards for their outstanding services and their excellent relationships with clients. So if you're looking to buy or sell, there is no better option than Clark & Co. Realty. If you enjoyed this conversation and are interested in becoming a sponsor, feel free to shoot me an email at townsendtmusic at hotmail.com. Or shoot me a message on any social media platform at Townsend T Music for more information. I would love for you to become a member to help spread awareness that you're not alone.